Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Everyone, and welcome to Spark Rentals broadcast live from Facebook and our podcast. Um, please, if you're joining us, let us know where you're joining us from. We don't like to just talk to the air or each other all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so if you joined us last week, you saw that Brian interviewed Rick Orford and it was an awesome, awesome interview. Um, he's, he's really, really a cool guy. And um, today we're gonna we're gonna touch base on a touchy subject, which is with cap <laughs> rates down, should you invest in real estate? And um, with that being said, Brian, go for it. Let us know. All right. Well, you know, over the last year, there's there's been a troubling trend for rental investors, at least. And that's that home prices have skyrocketed. So according to Zillow, home prices nationwide are up almost 11% year over year. But rents are basically flat for the year. They've, they've, rents have risen less than 1% nationwide. And in the largest cities, prices are significantly down and or prices are significantly up rather and rents are, are way down. Like in New York City, for example, prices are up nearly 9% while rents are down over 9%. And that trend you can see in, in all of the largest cities in the US. So in LA, prices are up nine and a half percent. Rents are down slightly. Chicago, rents are up over 8%, uh, while rents are down nearly 3%. In Boston, it's even worse. Prices are up uh, almost 11%, while rents are down over 6%. And don't in San Francisco- don't you find it interesting, though? I mean, if if housing prices are up, less people will be able to afford to buy. So you would think more people would rent and our rent prices would go up. But that's too simple, right? Well, <laughs> well, you know, there's a couple of things at play here. You know, one being the eviction moratorium. So, you know, landlords yeah. can't eject non-paying rents, uh, tenants. <laughs> and, um, you know, there, there's been particularly high unemployment among lower wage workers in the US. You know, a lot of the industries that got hit super hard, you know, the service industry, the hospitality industry, you know, you do have um, a disproportionate number of renters in those industries, whereas a lot of uh, professional jobs and white collar jobs, you know, have been, you know, those industries have largely remained unscathed throughout the pandemic. So those people have had consistent buying power and in fact maybe even extra buying power from all the stimulus money they've received but didn't actually need um, whereas a lot of lower wage people really did get hurt by the pandemic you know did lose their jobs or did lose income um, you know maybe reduced hours or you know what have you so you know it kind of makes sense that you know middle and upper class people who tend to be the bulk of homeowners you know they've done pretty well actually during the pandemic they've and they've wanted to go out and buy by properties with more space. And you know, there's been this kind of lunge for real estate, um, particularly as fears of inflation have stoked as well with 
trillions upon trillions of dollars of stimulus spent. A lot of middle and upper class Americans are worried about inflation. And one way to protect against inflation is to buy real estate because you lock in your more, your monthly payment for the next 30 years, as opposed to renters, you know, the rents are going to probably go up year after year. Right. So. It's interesting. Um, we had a, an office meeting at, at my real estate um, office. And one of the things they were saying is because the entertainment whole business went down, so people couldn't do things, they were opting for larger homes because budgets for entertainment were like slashed. So they were looking for more space to be able to just do more in, in homes. And we're definitely seeing that here in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, no question. You've seen that across the board. So, you know, the bottom line trend or the, you know, the story over the last year real estate wise is that, or at least for investors, is that cap rates and gross rent multipliers are uh, looking uglier in the US. Uh, it's, you know, prices are higher, rents are either lower or have stayed flat. So it's more expensive to buy the same amount of rent is mm. bottom line for rental investors. So what is, uh, is your prediction in all of this? Well, so I expect rents to rise a little faster over the next 12 months than they did in the last 12 months. Um, we're going to likely see the eviction moratorium lift at the end of June. Uh, I actually don't think that will be extended a fifth time or whatever it's been. Oh, uh, I man, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that that is uh, where the, the buck will stop. Uh, so when the eviction moratorium lifts, that will uh, ease some pressure there. Uh, and we're already seeing the service and hospitality sectors rebound. So you know those, those jobs are coming back with, with a vengeance. Um, but I don't expect rents to rise enough over the next 12 months to catch up with the, the lift in home prices, both that we've seen in the last 12 months and that will continue going in the next 12 months. Right. So, you know, the, we are going to see rents start to rise some more, but it's not going to be enough to, to offset this, this huge differential in how prices have risen versus what rents are done. So do you think that properties are out there? <laughs> yes, uh, there are always deals to be found. Now that doesn't mean that it's necessarily easy to find those deals right now. Um, so that is one option out there for real estate investors who do want to continue buying properties directly is you can find off market deals. You know, you can find excellent deals from distressed sellers, you know, people in foreclosure, people getting divorces, people whose properties are in tax sale or, you know, people who inherited properties that they don't have any interest in. Um, you know, you can find these off-market deals from people that haven't hired a realtor and listed their property publicly for sale, but who would be open to selling, you know, making a quick sale um, without necessarily marketing at a top dollar. So you can use tools like PropStream, for example, to find some of these distressed sellers. Uh, that's Denny's favorite tool, actually, for finding some of these, uh, these off-market deals. Um, so definitely check out PropStream and we'll put a link to that in the comments here as well. Um, and you can also use strategies like driving for dollars where you drive around and look for properties that are clearly run down or vacant or, you know, where the owner is just obviously not taking very good care of it or putting much interest into it. Um, and there's a, there's a good tool you can use for that too called Deal Machine where you literally snap a photo of the property with your phone, 
and then the app will actually pull up all the public records it's for really that property. Cool. Yeah, it'll, it'll pull up the owner's information and their contact details. And if you, you can even click a button to have your account send out uh, letters or, or postcards to the owners of these properties. So. Um, yeah, those are those are two tools that we like a lot for finding some of these off-market deals. It's really hard to find good deals on rental properties on the MLS right now. Um, oh, yeah. I, just, I mean, <laughs> it is. So, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have a really hard time if you're trying to compete with every Tom, Dick, and Harry who's, got, who's looking at the, the MLS, right? I mean, you right. Know, these are all publicly listed. and uh, You know, you can... You can find other. Um, you can find better markets to invest in. You can invest out of state, find cities with better cap rates or better uh, gross rent multipliers. So, you know, you can check platforms like Roofstock, which is a really good platform for buying turnkey rental properties long distance. Um, the last stat I saw from them, it was something like sixty-two percent of the transactions on Roofstock are from buyers who are more than a thousand miles away from the property that they're wow. buying. So it really is designed to make the process easy for long distance buyers to buy rental properties. And they include all kinds of uh, cool resources and tools for out of state buyers and a bunch of guarantees actually uh, that, that, you'll actually, that you'll come out ahead. Um, you know, one of their guarantees is that if you buy a, um, a, a vacant property that you'll have it rented within I think 30 days. Wow. Uh, anyway, you'll have to, okay. it's been a little while since I've been on Roofstock, so, but check it, but they've got several uh, guarantees you can check out. Uh, and we'll include a link to Roofstock as well in the comments here. Uh, and you can also go through turnkey property sellers. Like, you know, we have a friend of ours, Ali Boone, who is the founder of Hipster Investments, who actually is gonna be joining our show in a couple weeks here. Uh, she'll be coming on as a guest. Uh, she operates in a bunch of markets. Like I know she works in Indianapolis and, um, I think she works in some markets in uh, Ohio as well. Um, uh, we, we, you know, we're, a good friend of ours is Drew Sidget, who operates Logical Property Management up in Michigan. And uh, you, so you can go through these kinds of turnkey sellers who will help you find rental properties uh, that are good deals and cash flow well. And then in some cases, like Drew, I mean, you know, he he wants to become a long-term partner with you. He's not trying to just sell you something once and then disappear. He wants to manage your property for you, you know, if you would like, uh, but really form a long-term partnership with you. So, you know, those are uh, some trust indicators that you want to look for when Absolutely. you're buying rental properties long distance. It's like you, uh, the term you use, skin in the game. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and if you're looking for some ideas for cities that are not in your backyard or, you know, markets that do have strong gross rent multipliers, which means, you know, low price to high rent uh, ratios. Uh, we do have a, a interactive map that we've created and we, that we update every month or two with the top 100 cities in the US and their gross rent multipliers along with their um, median rent and median property price. So we'll put a link to that as well here in the, uh, in the comments. Which it is. So now in my area, it's, it's obvious, it's like ridiculously crazy. And there are some other areas that are just nuts. What, what area, do, do you notice a similarity in the, these places or 
you know, like Pennsylvania is one. I know um, Florida's picking up. I was just there, so. Yeah, so a lot of uh, secondary markets have done really well during the pandemic. Um, you know, the, the most expensive cities have not done as well during the pandemic. But, um, you know, markets like Austin, Texas, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, um, you know, some of these kind of secondary markets that are major cities, but they're not the largest, most expensive cities in the U.S. A lot of these places have done well. Suburbs of major cities have done pretty well over the last year. Um, vacation hotspots um, or, you know, tourist towns that are inherently beautiful or have some inherent attractions to them, like beach towns, uh, ski towns. You know, these places have done pretty well in the last year, uh, real estate price-wise, which actually makes them not fantastic places to invest in rental properties necessarily if the if the prices have been spiking right so we we put together a couple of interactive maps as well of some of the hottest real estate markets over the last year um, these are not necessarily markets where you want to buy rental properties um, but it's just something to be aware of as a real estate investor you know where prices are going through the roof right now um, you know it's um, crazy too because when the pandemic first started you, they were dropping the health, the health, home prices and vacation areas were dropping drastically. Then when it started lifting, people didn't want to travel too far, but they didn't mind traveling, you know, if it was close enough to their home to mountain and shore resorts. And then all of a sudden they just went nuts. So it's funny how you, you, you don't know. You just don't know. That's true. I mean, you know, we pretend we have a crystal ball, but <laughs> I mean, the, the, the future is uncertain for all of us. So that's for sure. So, what are some other alternatives that we, you know, people can still keep investing? Because it is not a bad investment. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, our, our whole business then is, is around helping people invest in real estate. So, you know, we obviously love investing in rental properties directly, but that's not the only way to invest in real estate. Uh, you know, you can flip houses, of course, <laughs> or, um, you know, which in this market, this has actually been a really good market for flipping houses with homes appreciating so fast. Uh, that being said, you know, 2006, 2007 was also a good market for flipping houses. And then a lot of people got stuck holding properties that, uh, you know, they, they suddenly couldn't sell. Um, so you do have to be a little careful when prices are skyrocketing so fast. Um, you can also wholesale properties. You know, that's another way of uh, kind of indirectly investing in real estate. You can buy shares in publicly traded REITs, uh, real estate investment trusts. Um, you know, these, I, I don't love publicly traded REITs for a couple reasons. One is that because they're traded on public stock exchanges, they tend to move in too much correlation with stock markets. And to me, one of the huge benefits of investing in real estate is to, to not have that correlation. Uh, you know, to, have, to, to right. benefit from the diversification of asset classes, you want your assets to move um, different directions. Differently. Yeah. Yeah, in different directions from each other. You don't want too much correlation in the market movements of your asset classes. So that's one reason I don't love publicly traded REITs. I also don't love the fact that uh, under SEC regulations, they have to return 90% of their profits 
to investors in the form of dividends, which sounds like a good thing for investors. And it, it means you, know, you end up with high dividend yields, but it also means that these, these funds can't actually go out and buy more properties because they have to return all their profits to investors as dividends. So they can't reinvest any of those profits to buy more properties, build their portfolios. So they don't have much potential for growth and appreciation in their uh, fund, their share prices. So, so it's uh, probably a good way, you know, to to get involved in that, but don't make that your whole, you know, real estate portfolio. Right. So yeah, I, I have some shares in publicly traded REITs. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy them. You know, like you said, Denny, they make a good kind of minority share in your portfolio, a very small share. I'll tell you what I actually like more than publicly traded REITs is I like uh, real estate crowdfunding platforms. So some of these operate as private REITs. They're, they're not traded publicly on stock exchanges. You buy them privately directly from the platform. So one example of these is uh, Fundrise. Um, they have a, f a few different REITs that you can buy. Uh, street. So Fundrise does mostly uh, residential apartment buildings and, and that sort of property. Streetwise is another one and they do more commercial properties. Um, I, I like I like Streetwise because first of all they have a really strong dividend. Um, they've been returning between eight and ten percent annual returns, uh, dividend wise, you know, in, in dividend yields since inception, basically, um, even throughout the pandemic. So yeah, I like them. Uh, now some of some of these crowdfunding platforms don't just own properties; they lend money against properties as well. And those can either be in the form of, of REITs, uh, like Fundrise. You can you can choose whether you want to have more of your money in actual prop funds that own properties versus more money in funds that uh, lend against properties more. Right. Um, or you know, so one other platform, a crowdfunding platform that I really like uh, is Ground Floor, where so they're a they're a hard money lender basically. They lend to people who flip houses, who, who buy a property renovate it and then sell it, uh, or people or developers who, who build properties on vacant land. Um, but you can you can actually pick and choose on ground floor which loans you want to fund. And you can you can lend as little as $10 toward any one of these different loans. So you can really diversify out you know, a little bit of money to a lot of different loans secured against these different properties around the, the US. And it's a short-term investment. You get your money back usually within six months or a year, um, as opposed to Fundrise and Streetwise and some of these other real estate crowdfunding platforms. They really expect you to leave your money in for at least five years. And in some cases, they penalize you if you try to take your money out early. Whereas Ground Floor is is a, a short-term investment. You usually get your money back within a year in most cases. Gotcha. So, Christina, all those as well that we'll share. Christina mentions. <laughs> What I am noticing lately is everybody is creating a course and going the coaching route, um, which is for all things. Mostly. Sure, sure. I mean, we 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 sell a couple courses. Um, you know, it's it's a relatively uh, minor component of our business. We we sell uh, landlord software, um, and then you know we we do a lot of free education as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's been a popular business model uh, increasingly over the last five years. And some people do really well with it. Um, and there's, you know, there's just a huge 
variation in, in quality among those courses. You know, some of them are outstanding, some of them are not as great. Um, but you know, that's <laughs> that's business, right? I mean, it is. It definitely is. But I mean, there's so many uh, niches in real estate. It's nice that there are courses. You know, for whether it's land investing, short term, or or like what we do, which is hold and uh, buy and hold. So it's 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 nice to be able to get that kind of information and mentoring. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, we we're actually we're partnered with. Um, uh, Mark Podolsky's Land Geek course. Um, if you're interested in, in land investing, let us know. We can send you a link for for that as well. Um, and that's something that we have started doing ourselves more is investing in land. Um, you know, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one because of some of these trends we've been talking about for the last uh, 15 minutes, uh, but also because we're a little concerned about the way regulation is headed. Or at least I'm. <laughs> I won't speak for Denny. I'm a little concerned about how residential real estate and rental properties are being regulated in the US and the trend that that's moving in. Um, you're kind of anti-landlord, much more tenant-friendly rules and regulations. And you know you can see it in how the eviction moratorium has been extended four or five times now. Um, right. So land is basically unregulated. Um, you know, it, it's, it's effectively a commercial transaction. So, um, and you don't have the headaches of tenants calling you at 3 a.m. complaining that a light bulb burned out. So, <laughs> just dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, you know, before before we wrap up, one other thought that is worth sharing as far as uh, alternative ways to invest in real estate: you can invest with us if you want. We are. Uh, <laughs> I know we've been saying this for like a year now, but we are going to be rolling out. Uh, co-investing properties where you can buy fractional shares in rental properties that we own ourselves. So I mentioned Drew Sidget a few minutes ago up in Michigan. So he, we're, we're working with him on a property right now and we're going to be releasing it out to a few people on our waiting list who asked to be uh, notified when we do our next co-investing property. Look, and this way, is such a good way. This is almost better than a course because now you're you're invested in it and you're learning the steps along the way. Yeah. So, you know, you will obviously see all the behind the scenes of, of what that looks like, uh, buying, renovating, um, renting out this, this property because you'll be a fractional owner of it. Uh, and we'll be broadcasting all of that behind the scenes weekly with it. So the way that will work most likely is selling uh, shares in increments of 1% ownership of the property. So if you're interested in that, just um, either shoot us a comment here or leave us a comment in the um, on Facebook, or you can email me at brian at sparkrunnel.com uh, or support at sparkrunnel.com, and we'll add you to the waiting list for that. Absolutely. So do you have anything else for us, Brian? Um, no, I'll just do a quick recap of, uh, of what we talked about today. So, you know, we talked about how prices have been skyrocketing. Home prices in the U.S. have skyrocketed over the last year, but rents have stayed flat in many markets or dropped in a lot of the largest cities. Um, talked about how rents will probably rise a little faster over the next 12 months, but not as fast as home prices and certainly not enough to catch up 
to the, the difference in how those have diverged over the last 12, weeks, or 12 months. Um, one way that you can still find good deals is to pursue uh, distressed sales and other off-market deals. You can do things like driving for dollars, using tools like Deal Machine. You can use tools like PropStream to try to find distressed sellers. Um, or you can try to look for markets that still have good cap rates, good gross rent multipliers. Uh, you can use tools like Roofstock, go through turnkey sellers like Ali Boone or Drew Sidget. Um, and we put a couple links to where you can look at the top 100 cities in the US by gross rent multiplier. Uh, and a couple alternative ways to invest in real estate, publicly traded REITs, uh, private crowdfunding uh, investments like private REITs and um, putting money towards loans secured by real estate uh, or co-investing with us. So uh, and we do have good questions. Edwin and Christina both would like some information on that. So just shoot us an email either at brian at sparkrental.com or support at sparkrental.com and we'll get you on that list. Yeah, so yeah, Edwin and Christina, we'll, we'll need your email addresses to uh, to add you to the list, uh, the wait list. Um, but we'll, we'll, and the wait list is not, not super long. We're, we're gonna be releasing this first one that we do just to people on the wait list. Uh, we're not publicly advertising it or trying to, we're not trying to like raise money here. This is purely among like our, quote, inner circle of, of people who uh, who have worked with us before and, and who we know and like and trust and <laughs> because we are going to be partners on a, on a real estate deal. Absolutely. And we definitely have a passion for um, teaching and providing, you know, the knowledge and whatnot. Absolutely. Learn while you earn. Yes. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> Well, Tim, I, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think that you pretty much covered a lot of this. It's a lot of information, but a lot of good information. I know we have seen many people um, worried, you know, about real estate and, um, you know, hold real estate because of the moratorium primarily because it's really kicked some of the uh, landlords of just one or two or one to four properties big time. So, you know, I think this is some good alternatives. Sounds good. Well, let us know uh, what you guys want to hear about next week. You know, these, these uh, Facebook Live broadcasts and podcasts are really all about you and what you want to hear. Uh, it's, it's not, Denny and I don't do it for our, for our health. <laughs> you know, we're not up mm -hmm. here just to chat with each other. Uh, you know, this is really all about you guys. So stay in touch. Let us know what you want to hear about. Shoot us a message over Facebook or shoot us an email at support at sparkrun.com. And we will catch you next Tuesday. Absolutely. Have a great day. See you later. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.